listening to the Sports Hive Podcast. Well, welcome into the Sports Hive Podcast, where we provide you with all the buzz in the sports world. I'm Jacob Hyde. Alongside of me is Luke Hoffman, and we are back today after a long hiatus, and it's probably the best time to come back for this podcast. We're going to be talking... Uh, we're going to recap the Super Wildcard Weekend, six amazing games over this past weekend, and we are also also going to preview the divisional round matchups next weekend. So without further ado, let's get into it. So Luke, I I was basically on my couch all all both Saturday and Sunday uh, watching these games, figuring out what to say uh, for this specific episode, and I know you're doing kind of the same, so... What kind of stuck out with you, just to start, what kind of stuck out with you over the weekend? Um, I, so I caught most of, I, I caught most of every game. There were parts of basically every game that I missed because um, I was on a plane. I watched the entire, was it Rams Seahawks on a plane? Um, well, it's Colts Bills in the airport. Um, but um, – one of the, I mean, the most fun part of the, of the weekend, in my opinion, was uh, Taylor Heineke on the Washington football team, kind of dominating that game. Obviously, he didn't get the win, but uh, he balled out. I mean, yeah, we're gonna actually he, talk about that later. Yeah, and that was probably that was probably one of the most surprising um, yeah. games that I've seen. Just I thought the ta- once I heard the news that Alex Smith was gonna be out, uh, I, th- I thought Tampa was gonna run with it, but that wasn't the case. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't think it, I thought it was gonna be a close game. Personally, um, I thought Washington could have won that game even before it started, just because I, I mean, Tampa's been <clears throat> kind of sluggish recently, and uh, Washington's been on a roll. Um, I, I thought Washington was gonna finish like five and eleven, and they ended up getting two more wins than I expected, but. Uh, yeah, I thought that was gonna be, I th- honestly. I thought all the NFC games had a potential to be close, um, and the a- AFC games were other than that Browns game um, that we'll talk about later. Obviously, that they were all. I mean, every game almost was close in the in the whole weekend. Yeah, and they were all eventful games. There was a lot of things happening in each of those games. So we're gonna start off uh, on Saturday. The first game of the day was the two seated Bills. Uh, taking down the seven-seeded Colts, 27-24. The Bills had their first playoff win in 25 years. Uh, Josh, Hall- Josh Allen had an amazing game, 26-35, 324 yards, uh, two touchdowns, and then rushing the ball, he had 11 rushes for 54 yards and a touchdown. So he had three total touchdowns on the day. Just another outstanding performance of what I thought was a MVP-caliber season uh, for Josh Allen. And then on the other side of the ball, uh, Philip Rivers. Uh, he was. Re- I, I watched that game and I thought he was uh, really composed. Um, he went through his progressions really nicely. He saw each option, and if nothing, he didn't force anything. And that's why I think the Colts really stayed in that game. Um, they didn't really force anything on the Bills' defense, and Philip just did everything he could in his power uh, to try to get the best looks for his teammates and rushing the ball, the rookie Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin. He had 21 rushes, 78 yards and a touchdown. And he finished his rookie year with over a thousand yards rushing. Uh, so he had an outstanding rookie year, the futurist right for, uh, for Jonathan Taylor uh, receiving into things. 
Uh, Michael Pittman had five receptions for 90 yards. Uh, Jack Doyle was a big, had a big day, seven receptions, 70 yards, and a touchdown. And for Buffalo, uh, Stephon Diggs, the new addition in the offseason, six receptions, 128 yards, a touchdown. I think going through to the playoffs and um, going into the next in, into the divisional weekend, Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen are going to be a big, big key for this Bills offense. Uh, so going through the stats, uh, so Luke, the first thing I really want to talk about is do you think Phillip Rivers will be a Colt next year? Probably not. Um, I'm looking at the Colts roster right now, and I kind of think I don't think you need to rebuild necessarily, but they definitely need to retool. Um, they, I mean, I just saw pictures today of their defensive line, and they couldn't get past the blocker at all all weekend last week or all game last week. Um, they they have receiving talent, but they need that guy. Obviously, T.Y. Hilton's basically washed at this point. Michael Pittman looks good as a young receiver, but they really need that guy. And then I, th- I think they need a young quarterback um, rather than Phillip Rivers. I think they need to look for the future, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's, and that's what, kind of what the Packers looked. I mean, Aaron Rodgers obviously had, he, he had an outstanding season, but they're looking, especially with uh, Matt LaFleur, they're looking at the future just to see when Rodgers leaves. So I think the Colts kind of have to do that same thing. But do you think... He will be done like retired wise, or will he just move on to another um, team? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what we have to see what happens in the draft. And I mean, obviously, I think free agencies before the draft, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's gonna be interesting. I don't know what teams are really gonna be in play for a quarterback because I think a lot of teams are gonna want to wait for that draft because it's so quarterback heavy in the first round. I think there's like five or six guys that. They project going in the first round at quarterback. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he he could he probably could end up somewhere as a starter, but it just, I mean, it just depends on what teams look at. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are just trying to get that younger quarterback and so they can build for the future. But obviously, just what I saw from on Saturday, I think Rivers played really well. He was composed. He wasn't. Because usually we see him in like late game, he'll throw. I don't know if he threw an interception. I don't think he threw an interception in this game. But usually, like when he was a Charger, he would always in late game he would just heave up the ball and kind of throw interceptions late in the games. Um, but the last point I just want to talk about on this on this game is uh, just the Bills and how far you think they're going in the AFC. Uh, for myself, I think that they're potentially dangerous. Obviously, you have Josh Allen playing at a high level. And you have that number one receiver, which is Stephon Diggs. And I think that duo, if they can get that run game going, I think uh, the Bills could potentially uh, get into the AFC Championship game and maybe even the Super Bowl. Yeah, I can see Buffalo winning it all. Um, I, do I think they will? Prob- probably not. I mean, if they play in a game with uh, – I think they they might be more all around – they might be all around better than Kansas City in my opinion because I – feel like they have the better defense, but Kansas City just has so much offensive firepower. It'll be, it could be hard to keep up, but that would be a crazy game. But it's yeah, – I, I definitely have them winning next week, but 
that game, if they have to play Kansas City, is going to be pretty tough for them. Yeah, I think it's going to actually. I mean, we talked. You just talked about how they, um, the Bills, had a better all-around roster, especially defensively. Um, but I think since since they both have some type of high-power offense, the Bills and Chiefs both can score at a high clip. I think just getting that one stop at some point in the game will be probably the biggest determination if they were to meet up in the AFC championship game. Yeah, there might be 90 points scored in that game. It's going to be... Take the over. Yeah. The over. Yeah, I mean, they might have 900 passing yards. Like, that game might be insane. It, it would be must-watch TV. So uh, we're going to move on. If you have nothing else to add about uh, the Colts or the Bills, we're going to move on to the next game of the day, which was the six-seeded Rams. Uh, who took down the three-seeded Seahawks 30-20. to 20. Um, I'm just going to lead off that basically the Rams defense is legit. Uh, Jared Goff, they, he, had to, he wasn't starting. Uh, they actually, uh, he was actually on the bench, and he had to come in an emergency. Uh, he wasn't used that much. He only threw 19 attempts. Uh, he went 9-19, 155 yards. He did have a touchdown to Robert Woods. And then Russell Wilson, he had he went 11 for 27, 174 yards. So not a lot of passing in this game. Uh, two touchdowns and a, a pick. Rushing the ball, Chris Carson had 16 rushes for 77 yards. And the big rusher of the day was Cam Akers, the rookie. Akers, the rookie. Uh, he had 28 rushes. He uh, had most of the workload. He had 131 yards and a touchdown. And receiving uh, for Seattle, DK Metcalf. Five receptions, 96 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Cooper Cup had a good game, 78 yards on four receptions. And Robert Woods had the one passing or catching touchdown from Jared Goff. Uh, So, like I said, as I started this, Jared Goff, he only came in in an emergency. Uh, He wasn't really used much in the offense. They really led with that run game. Um, Do you see... Especially with the Packers, they in the, especially in the beginning of the year, they struggled with the run. Uh, do you think? I mean, as of late, they've they've kind of picked that up and they obviously shut down Derrick Henry. So, do you think with that the Rams most likely leading on that run game? Uh, do you think the Packers have a chance at stopping that? Uh, yeah, definitely because of their lack of passing game, uh, they're going to get too predictable for. Uh, Green Bay, I think. Uh, it, I mean, especially in a, a cold weather game, if Jared Goff's thumb is not healed, it's gonna be hell for him. Like, if he can't throw the ball, it's gonna be hard for them to run the ball. Uh, I know they've had problems, but I mean, they stopped Derrick Henry as much as you can. They contain. I mean, they had problems with star running backs this year, but the running defense. I mean, it's improved a little bit at least it i mean i can't ever count on mike Patton to <laughs> do anything great but i mean I, I i have confidence that they can get some solid run defense this weekend and, and I, i've watched every single packer game obviously we're both packer fans uh and we we can see the improvement on in that front seven and uh containing the run in some games some games they let loose but um especially as of late, uh, they kind of improved on that run defense and stopping uh, 
some of those bigger backs. And I think that'll be key in this game because looking at the Rams, I think they're, you can kind of, they're kind of parallel with the Ravens. They're more one dimensional right now. I mean, the Ravens can pass the ball, but they're run a run first team. Like Lamar will, he'll run before he'll pass. And so I think going into this game, especially at Lambeau, uh, that thumb for Jared Goff could probably stiffen up at some point. And if he has a hard time throwing the ball, they'll be really one dimensional. And I think the Packers could potentially run away with it the way their offense can score. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, I know you were so very concerned about this Rams defense, but I mean, honestly, if Aaron Donald is still banged up a little bit and if, I mean, if in this cold weather, I mean, Aaron Rodgers thrives every single year in the cold weather. So hmm. it, I, I think, I think this is a, a good matchup for Green Bay, despite I know you don't feel that way. So, and I will talk about that a little later. I'll talk more about that front seven, and then obviously the corners, Ramsey and Williams. I think and we'll talk about it later. But I think um, with Ramsey obviously being on Adams, it'll. I know I told you that Adams will be limited to a catch in eleven yards. I don't think that's actually true. It was more of exaggeration. Um, but I think you'll have to lead more on Tanyan and uh, MVS, especially on the other side. They're just trying to get those little dump downs. If Adams is covered, not force anything to Adams. Cause if you force anything, uh, Ramsey will make you pay. So I think, and especially starting and getting that running game going is going to be very important, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, if you have nothing left to talk about, uh, about the Rams or Seahawks, um, We'll move on to the nightcap of Saturday night, which was a good 5-4 matchup. It was Tampa Bay on the road against the Washington football team. And Taylor Heineke, uh, he came in for Alex Smith. Alex Smith was inactive uh, for the football team. And Heineke had a hell of a game. It was very impressive. You just scrolled through social media, and everybody was just impressed on he did nothing wrong he did everything he could for to try to get his team to win he went 26 of 44 306 yards one touchdown one interception and he also had a rushing touchdown and tom brady obviously went 22 of 40 381 and two tds no interceptions uh the the rushing game for tampa bay uh was pretty good leonard fournette 19 rushes 93 yards and a touchdown and Mike Evans at, added over 100 yards receiving. Uh, and Chris Godwin added a touchdown for for Tampa Bay. Uh, so, But uh, the main talk about that game, obviously Tampa Bay won, but the main talk was about Taylor Heineke. And how impressed were you with his play, Luke? Um, Very. I mean, I had no expectations of him at all. I, that was the one thing that, made me think that it might be a blowout in favor of Tampa Bay is that he was starting. I had no clue that he was going to go out there and ball like that, but um, I was impressed. He had those crazy runs uh, near the end of the game to keep them in the game. Um, He was throwing the ball crazy, obviously 306 yards. I mean, their leading rusher, he was doing everything he could for them. Yeah, and I, earlier in the day, I saw that Alex Smith was uh, potentially going to be um, inactive for that game. And like you said, you have no expectations for Heineke going into this game. So he really had no chip on his shoulder. 
I mean, obviously you come into a playoff game and you have to play well, but the way that he came into things, everybody thought, oh, Alex Smith, uh, he'll lead this team and he might win against the Buccaneers. But him, with him being out, there was basically no expectation uh, for Heineke to play well. If he played bad, nobody would have cared. Um, they would have said, oh, well, Tampa Bay should have won this game. It was a back. It was basically a third string. And so um, the way he came out and composed himself and made those big runs, like you said, and that touchdown run was a, I thought that was pretty impressive as well, going after the pylon. But um, another talk, another talk I want to kind of uh, make conversation with you about is Tampa Bay. Obviously, uh, with Heineke going in as quarterback, you thought Tampa Bay, especially with that defense, um, could exploit and just blow this game out of the water. Uh, Tampa Bay has been struggling as of late on the defensive end. So, what did you take away from that game, offensively and defensively, for uh, the Buccaneers? I mean, they, I mean, they have all the firepower that you would need offensively. I think they they didn't get it done as well as they could have. But Washington does have a tough defense. Um, I mean, they they looked good, but there's just something missing. I feel like. On both ends. I, I think it's more... Uh, yes, they're missing something, but I think it's just like... Cons- I, I think it's the consistent consistency ab- aspect of it. I mean, you have, what, Chris Godwin, uh, Cameron Brait, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown as your receivers. You have Tom Brady, which is who is arguably the Gronk. GOAT. And Gronk. And Gronk. So you have a big target, um, even though he hasn't played. He just came this year, but... Um, you have a big target at tight end, and then you have Leonard Fournette at running back. You have, especially offensively, you have all the pieces that you want to work with, especially Tom Brady, and and the defense, especially early in the year, playing against the Packers. They the defense came up with like two or three interceptions on Aaron Rodgers, and uh, they just ran away with that game. So if that defense can play like they did earlier in the year, and even if the Buccaneers can score. 24 points. I think with that defense, they should be able to win a football game scoring 24 points on offense. Yeah. I mean, they, they, I don't know. They, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think to me, it's just that I, to me, it's the consistency aspect. It's just, they, you know, you know what that defense can do because they showed in the beginning of the year that they're one of the top defenses in the league, and then there's some games where they put up 38 on the like the Saints put up 38 and the offense only scores three points. Yeah, like that game could have been a shootout if if the offense played better, but um, well, like especially and the defense. But uh, I think, like I said, if Tampa Bay can score points, that defense if they can step up, uh, they can be a pretty tough out. Um, in the playoffs, but they play the Saints in their own two against the Saints this season. We'll get to that later. So we're going to move on to actually the Sunday games. Uh, the Sunday games, I think um, there was a lot more hype for the, I mean, all six games were good, but I think there was more hype for the Saturday games than the Sunday games. Um, the Ravens and Titans were a good opening day, but I think the Saints and the Bears you could, I mean, it was pretty boring. Yeah, that was so, the most boring playoff game I've seen yeah, since it was, probably that Super Bowl with the Rams and Patriots a couple years ago. 
And we, and we were talking about that just watching the game. It was probably the most it, not interesting game to watch. And then the Saints obviously pulled away late. But uh, starting with that first game on Sunday afternoon, uh, the Ravens and Titans, it didn't look in the beginning that the Ravens were going to play well. Obviously, Lamar threw that horrible interception. Everybody went crazy. Like, what is Lamar doing? And are they going to choke again in the playoffs? Um, but he came out. He balled especially into that second quarter and the second half. He went 17 to 24, 179 yards passing. He had that one interception and he had 136 yards rushing and a touchdown. And JK Dobbins added a touchdown rushing for the Ravens. And then Ryan Tannehill, he had 165 yards passing a touchdown and an interception to Marcus Peters. And then, A.J. Brown also added a receiving touchdown uh, for the Titans. But the Titans had that game 10 nothing early in the first half. And then the Ravens just, they got that run game going. It wasn't really going in the beginning of the game. And that's what you kind of have to do with the Ravens to stop. Uh, so what are, you, what are your thoughts? Just Lamar getting his first playoff win. Does he get some of the haters and some of that talk off of his chest? Uh, yeah, I think he should. I mean, there's, there's, st- he still has to stay consistent. I mean, one playoff win shouldn't, still shouldn't define his career, but neither should the two losses. Um, but so we just have to see from now going on. Um, I mean, he, he started off looking very shaky. It looked like playoff Lamar we've seen the last two years. Um, and then he, Kind of started. I mean, he had 136 rushing yards, which is insane. Um, he, I mean, he just has to prove himself going forward, in my opinion. Yeah, and the, the next game against the against the Bills is going to be pretty tough. That defense, they can they can stop the run uh, pretty well, as I've watched. Uh, and obviously, the Ravens are a run first team. Lamar will run before he passes. Uh, so I, I'm sure the Bills have a good idea on uh, how to stop them, but I think the, obviously the Ravens are going to come in and do some trickery with with the Bills just to catch them off guard. Another talking point I kind of want to ask you about is um, just how the Titans they started out so strong and they had that 10-0 lead early, and then they just kind of fell off. Henry did not have a good game at all. He had 18 rushes and only 40 yards. That was kind of like what they did against the Packers. Uh, so obviously Henry's a big part. So just what are your thoughts on how the Titans kind of just fell off after that first quarter? Well, I think it, part of it has to do with Mike Vrabel. Um, I mean, we saw, what was it, 10 minutes left in that fourth and two? And mm-hmm. they punted. Yep. Instead, and they threw it on third down. Um, yep. Like a long pass. I mean, it was, I mean... I don't know why you punt right there. They were in decent field position. Um, you have Derrick Henry. He's struggling, but, I mean, two yards for him. It, I mean, yeah. and even if you just run a play-action pass, like, just go for it. It's the playoffs. Like, everybody, like, I think every single other person watching that game would have gone for the fourth down right there. Yeah, and obviously, like you said, I think they went for that longer pass, even just getting that play action and throwing it into the flat or just handing it off to Henry two yards for him is probably like a yard. 
because he's so big and just so physical, he can get that very easily. So that was a very questionable. There was a lot of conservative play calling. Um, mm-hmm. Defensively, obviously, I mean, Lamar is very fast, but you can't give up that 45-yard touchdown. Uh, and all the runs down the stretch after that punt. If you're going to punt it, you have to play defense, and they just didn't down the stretch. Yeah, I was I was kind of shook on that Lamar touchdown. Like I forgot how fast he could be and how elusive he is. And he when he just turned on the Jets, I was like, oh my god, like what? Like I thought he was going to get tackled. Like I think Connor like, Byard was in position to tackle him and just made a terrible angle. And he was yeah, it was like the, it was like a twenty yard line. I'm like, okay, he's obviously going to get stopped. And then he just turned on the Jets and like just was so elusive and I was like, Oh my God, I forgot how like, like how good of a runner Lamar is. And so it's, it's kind of nice to see him get his first playoff win. He'll get some of the hate off of his chest, but like you said, one playoff win isn't going to, you have to be consistent in the playoffs, especially if you're the type of caliber player Lamar Jackson is, you have to be consistent and win more playoff games. Uh, So I think some of it should be, but uh, most, especially when he's still, he just still didn't really, pass the ball very well he still has to show that um yeah so yeah we'll see what happens this week and just going forward in his career but yeah yeah it should be a good uh divisional round play, uh game against them and the bills josh allen against lamar jackson that should be a good matchup uh to watch uh so we'll move on to the second game of the day which was in my opinion in your opinion uh very boring uh mitchell trubisky he just had uh, just short of 200 yards. He had a Nick touchdown. Lodi, a valuable player, MVP. Yes he, was, yes, he was. I wanted to watch that. I, I, I wanted to watch that so much, and I, I kept did, going, but I couldn't because um, I don't have cable here in my room. So, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and like I was just sc- scrolling through Twitter, and everybody was like, everybody was like, oh my god, I'm watching this with my kid, or I'm just watching it to see what it is, and they said it was, like, really good. The way they explained the game and, like, dumbed it down for the people, like, the kids watching. Like, I saw a tweet, and it was, like, the, whoever the announcer was, he was, like, just going down the field. Oh, Nate Burleson? Yeah, just going down the field, like, during a drive. That's, like, homework for you, and then getting into the red zone and getting, like, from the 20-yard line in, that's you're basically your test or your exam. And they were like, I think that was the best explanation of a football like experience that I've ever heard in my life. It was so simple and like dumbed down for the people watching it, obviously for the audience. Uh, so I didn't, I, I turned it on for like a couple minutes, uh, but I didn't really. I liked them uh, picking up the Cordell Patterson F bomb. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was funny too. I think I think that was the most entertaining part of this game was um, the Nickelodeon memes because uh, the game itself was the most boring playoff game I've seen in a while. So yeah, and then everybody when you get a touchdown, you get slimed and stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean, so there wasn't too many stats. I mean, Elvin Kamara had just short of 100 yards rushing and a touchdown, uh, but especially for the Bears, not that much to talk about. Um, for the Saints, they dominated the team stats. The first downs they were plus 16, 27 to 11, and also third down conversions. Um, the Saints were 11 to 17, and the Bears were only 1 to 10. Uh, so in that aspect, the Saints, you can it shows the Saints that they can uh, are able to get those first downs very easily. And I think Tampa Bay is going to have a really hard time against that. Obviously, they've showed that the first two games they played against each other. 
Uh, the Saints won 21 to nine, but it just overall, just, just the Saints, that whole game kind of dominated. There was <laughs> that nine came on that last second, uh, Jimmy Graham touchdown. So yeah, I mean, basically that was 21 three. Yeah, that was the that was the highlight. That was the one-handed catch with like a second to go, and they they could have in that first half they could have closed the gap, but I think Sims he dropped yeah, that wide Sims. open field wide open touchdown in the end zone. Mitch right Trubisky's his hands. never throwing a pass that good in his career ever again. <laughs> yeah, and it was just right right in a bucket, and uh, Sims dropped it. But I think they could could have gained momentum there, and then I think after that it was just wraps. Just the Saints were just too dominant. Um, in the trenches, they were getting those first downs, and they the Saints kind of they don't throw the ball down the field either, so they're more conservative and do those little like three to five yard routes and just get chunk like chunk after chunk after chunk, and I think that wears down defenses. Yeah, um, one of my takeaways on the Saints is they have to cut out the Taysom Hill stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have, they have two quarterbacks better than him in my opinion they have like three running backs better than him they have probably four wide receivers better than him at that position like they he i mean he can make good plays every once in a while but he shouldn't be a centerpiece of their offense the way he is and even when he started when breeze was out i kind of wanted winston to start over him but obviously he played i mean i don't know i i think he played he played pretty well but and they obviously won the games but I think Jameis would have been. Yeah, and I mean, one of those games was against a literal wide receiver at quarterback. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, you just got to, I mean, yeah. They, Go with the flow. There's, they have a lot of guys better than him. He can be a once-in-a-while player, but I think I don't think he should be a basically every down player Mm-mm. the way he plays. And I, th- I think going into the playoffs, they'll do, do that more. They'll kind of just bring him in whenever they want to do, like, a trick play or whatever. But – yeah, like you said, he shouldn't be really a centerpiece of that that offense. It's, like you said, there's better players that uh, could be out there. So it goes from basically a boring game in that in that afternoon slot to uh, the Browns, the Browns and the Steelers. Sunday night football. You got Al Michaels. You got Chris Collinsworth on the call, and it all started. It all started with a high snap, first play of the game, high snap. Brown recover and they didn't even well they I think the Steelers could have jumped on it at like the one yard line, but Ben was standing there, he didn't want to dive in there. And I think it was like one of the linemen that didn't jump on it. But um right off the bat, Browns went up seven nothing and they kind of didn't look back from there. They went up twenty eight nothing um in that first half. First uh, quarter. First quarter. Yeah, first quarter basically. And um Baker Mayfield, he had a really good game. He went 21 of 34, 263 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Big Ben, he threw the ball 68 times. I looked at that. I didn't think he threw the ball 68 times, but he threw it 68 times. He hit the 500 yard market, like marker. He had four touchdowns, but he also had four interceptions. I think the Steelers overall had five turnovers. You're not going to win a football game, it's just going to be wraps from there. Um, so watching that game, they obviously, the Browns beat that JV team in week 17 and then playing the varsity, they beat them even, or basically they beat them even worse. Um, how much of a challenge do you think the Cleveland Browns are to the chiefs? Um, I, 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 not much, but they, they hold some, some type of value as a, some type of shock value, but I don't think they can get it done. 
Especially, yeah, I, think... I mean, it, I mean. So I don't know what happened uh, to Luke. So I will just continue by myself for now. I don't know. Uh, I think we just cut out or he, I don't know if it stopped the recording, stopped the recording and stopped. So I will just keep going. It was kind of a technical difficulty. Um, so we were talking about the Browns and the Steelers. Uh, I, we were talking about how they were, they could be, a potential challenge for the chiefs. Um, I, I think the offense Baker, if he has a good game, there's, there's a potential in, in that uh, post game press presser on the field. He said, he got asked a question about the confidence of the team. Obviously losing your head coach, you're not going to have you're much confidence, but inside that locker room, you, you need to have that confidence. And he said, we had that confidence all along. We were going to come into this game and we were going to win. And I think they're going to carry that over into uh next weekend with the chiefs which we'll talk about in just a little bit um but i i think the chiefs will pull it out it could be a good game especially if they can if the browns can use hunt and chubb like they did against the steelers and get that run game going and baker can just be himself and sit in the pocket and extend plays if he needs but i think patrick mahomes in that offense with kelsey hill i think they're going to be too much uh, for the Cleveland Browns. So that basically wraps up the six eventful games of this past weekend and super wildcard weekend. Uh, so we'll be, I'll be moving right across the board to previewing uh, next weekend's division, ga- divisional games um, Saturday and Sunday. The first game on Saturday is the LA Rams versus the, the number one seeded green Bay Packers Packers, obviously coming off the bye. Um, the big key in this game is going to be the Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey um, matchup. And also um, the Rams front seven against that depleted Packers offensive line. Obviously, David Bakhtiari out. He's been out uh, with a season-ending injury. I think that Rams front seven, especially if Aaron Donald plays, I think they can get pressure on that line and maybe cause Aaron Rodgers to make mistakes. I know Aaron is a really good player and he can extend those plays out of the pocket and make amazing throws that you obviously see Patrick Mahomes making, but um, I don't think Aaron will be too phased, but it's still like, to me, it's an uneasy matchup. I just don't like it as a Packer fan, especially Ramsey. I think they can limit Devonte Adams, especially if you have a safety over the top helping him. Uh, unless you get the ball out quick uh, on like a, maybe a, like a little slant to Adams. But I think like we were talking earlier, I think MVS and Tanyan will be a very big key in this game and the run game with Aaron Jones. I think if they can get the run going, do a little play action, I think they can catch the Rams defense off guard and get the ball out quick. That's going to be a big key. They're going to have to get the ball out quick against this Rams defense. And it, I, I think the Packers will edge this one out and make it to the NFC Championship game, but to me, I think it's just a. I don't like the matchup. It. I, I'll watch the game, but my heart's going to be beating uh, once that time starts. 
Uh, so that is actually the 435 Eastern game on Saturday afternoon. And then the nightcap for Saturday night will be 815 Eastern time. That'll be the five-seeded Ravens um, going on the road to Josh Allen and Orchard Park uh, to p- play the number two-seeded Buffalo Bills. Uh, the one key uh, for the Bills, and I think everybody will see this, uh, the Bills have to stop the run. The Rams, or the Ravens, my bad. Uh, the Ravens are a run-first team. Uh, they have to contain Lamar. I think the edges they'll have to do outside contain, keep that edge if if Lamar, they have to collapse the pocket as well. They have to do really good on keeping Lamar, containing Lamar into the pocket because Lamar, once he scrambles, he has those jets uh, that he can just turn on and get those big gains, and he can just extend plays as well as anybody in the league. And I think on the Bills' side, I think the biggest duo, obviously uh, Singletary hasn't, he has he's struggled. They haven't really been able to get the run game going. Uh, for the Bills. So I think Josh Allen is due for another big game as he has all season. And the big key, I think, for the Bills will be the Josh Allen and Diggs duo. And obviously, I think Marcus Peters will be matched up on Stephon Diggs. So that'll be a fun matchup uh, to watch there. But I think Diggs has the elusiveness and just the way he gets off the line uh, and his ability to get downfield and make acrobatic catches. I think Josh Allen can put it basically anywhere in the range of digs and he will be able to catch it. Um, prediction for this one. I think, you know, this is going to be close. I don't, I don't know. I think it's going to be closer. Um, hmm. I, I think, I don't know. I'm not too, I, I think the Ravens are just too one dimensional right now. Uh, I, I think I'll pick, pick the bills. I think Josh Allen, like I said, it's going to have a big game with digs i think it's going to be too hard to overcome i mean both teams are one-dimensional but i think offensively i think i'll take the bills in this matchup and then moving on to sunday the first first game of the day will be uh the cleveland browns i know cleveland fans are on a high right now they're kind of um we're coming right right off a win against the steelers dominant fashion um you're 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 on such a high. And I think as you come later into the week, you're going to figure out, Oh my gosh, we have to play the Kansas city chiefs. You have to play Patrick Mahomes, the defending Super Bowl champions. Um, I think right now, I think the biggest key for the, the Browns is getting that run game going. Uh, they did it against Pittsburgh and Baker Mayfield. He was able, that offensive line did a good job. They were able uh, to get Baker some time. He threw three touchdowns. So I think getting that run game going, especially with the duo of Chubb and Hunt, um, can throw off the Chiefs and little play action. I think Baker can, once he gets some time, I think he'll be able to deliver some balls um, in perfect spots and just get like Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper in this game early. But on defense, I don't know. I think the Browns have to be careful. They don't have to play conservative, but they have to play very careful they they have to if they are going to blitz obviously they're going to blitz but you have to do that carefully because you have patrick mahomes as the quarterback on the other team you have to be careful because mahomes like aaron Rodgers, like lamar jackson like josh allen they can extend plays and make you pay in a big way if you aren't if you aren't perfect if you don't get through that hole if you uh 
if you're on a corner, if you're on a blitz and you're doing a stunt up front, you have to get into that hole quickly and get to the quarterback. And I think if the Browns can do that defensively with Miles Garrett, if they can get to Mahomes and pressure him a little bit, I think they can uh, get him off balance and have potential in this game. But I think the Chiefs uh, roll with it. I think it'll be a touchdown or more difference in this game. Chiefs Bills AFC Championship game. That is my prediction. And then lastly, the night game uh, will be number five, Tampa Bay versus number two, Saints. It'll be Brady Breeze, number three of the season. Brady, 0-2 on the year versus the Saints. Struggled heavily in that second game, especially. 38-3 to was the final. Um, it was just not a pretty game for uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But... I think I think they'll have more of a chip on their shoulder, but I'm kind of more leaning on picking the Saints in this game uh, because obviously the Saints handled the Bears and the Buccaneers struggled with basically a third-string quarterback who had no expectations going into that game. So I think I think I'll take I, I think the Saints' defense is going to be a big key. Obviously, they did a lot against the Buccaneers. Uh, when they played the two times before this season. But I think the Buccaneers defense is just too inconsistent. I think Drew Brees is going to have a good day with Michael Thomas. Camaro is going to have a good day on the ground. And just the inconsistency of the Buccaneers, I think the Saints will uh, be – it'll probably be closer than the second time around that they played and even the first. But I will take the Saints uh, winning by seven. I'll take the Saints winning by seven. Uh, so that basically, I mean, there's really nothing else to talk about. It's going to be a fun, fun weekend um, of football. Fun weekend of football, all starting on Saturday. It's going to be fun for me. It's my 21st birthday on Friday. So I'll have to whip it up and uh, have some fun on Friday. And then Saturday, I'll have a good time watching the Packers and Rams game. Be a little scared, but I'll be able to get through it. Um, and then, obviously, going into the, the Saturday night games, that's going to be a good game. And then through Sunday is also going to be good. Uh, so there's really nothing else we want to I want to talk about or we want to talk about on this episode. Uh, just going through the playoffs, it was long enough. Just previewing, preview, previewing the divisional round and recapping all that wild card action. So it just this is gonna end. This is the, our 14th episode of the Sports Hype Podcast. So this will end our 14th episode. And we are just so glad that you guys are supporting us and listening to us. And we're just so happy to be back. It's probably the best time to be back as well. It's just kicking off the NFL playoffs. Uh, the NBA just started back up, and college basketball is is in its prime. It's 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 a good season. You all know that. Uh, I'm a big college basketball guy, so it's just a great time uh, to be stepping back into this podcast. We obviously left when um, COVID-19 hit, and then we didn't really do anything with it until now. But we are back, and we are going to bring out content for you guys. So uh, without, I have nothing else to say, so we'll just see you guys here next time on the Sports Live Podcast. <laughs>